Welcome to the Worthy Writer edition of the Write Something Worthy podcast. Each month, we bring you an informative interview that helps you live your best life as an entrepreneur. Here on the Worthy Writer edition, we take a deeper dive into authorship topics through conversations with notable writers and quality industry professionals. And now, your host, Tanya Brockett. Greetings, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us today. I want to introduce you to Gary Cox. Gary's latest book, Coffee with Bard, 2020 Blues, is dedicated to his life partner, Bernice Wagner. When Bernice passed in 2011, he was a jack of all trades as a writer. Novels, plays, short stories, essays, and blogs, none of which made much of a splash. The problem was voice. After a lifetime of writing, he still hadn't found his voice. That curious combination of style, personality, and live experiences. But in the process of mourning Bernice, he started a blog series entitled Gary and Bernice, and he wanted to dedicate the blog to the celebration of their 19 years together. Not too far into the process, he noticed something. Something odd. The blog entries were clearly head and shoulders above anything he had ever written. A few posts later, it hit him. You have found your voice! So today, I invite you to hear the voice behind that writing voice. Listen in to my conversation from a few months ago with writer Gary Cox. Welcome, Gary, to the Write Something Worthy podcast. I'm so glad you're here with us today. Well, I'm glad to be here, Tanya. I've, uh, I've heard about you, and uh, hopefully uh, you're going to help me uh, tell people about me. <laughs> so right. I'm happy. Well, good, good. Now tell me, Gary, this is a little different for our podcast because you're a writer, but you are a poet, and that you're our first poet on our Write Something Worthy podcast because most of our authors are nonfiction authors, as you know, and it is more creative when you have a poet on the show. So tell us when you started writing poetry, and what was your inspiration? Well, there are probably two or three answers to that question, but the first answer would be uh, when I was a child, maybe three or four years old, I guess I was kind of a motor mouth or something because uh, I used to uh, talk incessantly, and my mother, for some reason, referred to that as poetry, which I had no idea what she was talking about. But uh, some morning she would uh, uh, wake me up and say, well, you know, what kind of uh, poem do you have for me today? And of course, um, I didn't know what she was talking about, but I knew it was my turn to talk and I did love to talk. So I don't think she recorded it back in the day. I'm sure she didn't record any of that babble. But that was my first uh, introduction to poetry. And then, you know, I got into college, and not college, excuse me, got, I, I got into high school, and um, 
the rumor had it that girls uh, liked guys that uh, could write poetry or would write them write them poetry. And so I said, well, okay, I'll give that a shot. And uh, I thought the poems were, were pretty slick at the time, but uh, it did not enhance my social life. I can't remember one girl who said, oh, my gosh, that's a lovely poem. Of course I'd like to go out with you. But, you know, uh, it was my, it was a start. And then um, later, uh, much later in life, I'm living in Phoenix with my wife of 19 years, uh, Bernice, and she passed in uh, 2011. But she was a tad older than I was, and she retired first. So during a big... Uh, a big stretch of our relationship, uh, I was working and she wasn't. So I came up with this idea of writing her a poem every day. And uh, what I did is I uh, I was the uh, director of a, of a pretty big uh, adult learning center in Phoenix. And I used to steal supplies, you know, um, figuring I could get away with it. And so I, I, uh, I filched a... Uh, uh, a white a whiteboard, three by three feet by four feet, I think it was. Maybe been two feet by four feet, but it was, you know, a little bit bigger than your average uh, computer. And I would put it on the wall, and every morning before I go to work, I would write a poem. And uh, I mean, I really wasn't taking them all that seriously. They were just little ditties about our life together, and uh, you know, uh, put into a little rhyme. You know, and um, she loved them. Uh, she loved them. She, what she would do is she would get up in the morning and go get her coffee and then bring her coffee into the uh, into my little work area and uh, read her poem. And she got to be kind of possessive about it. If I didn't write a poem when I got home that night, uh, I would hear about it. But uh she didn't have to chide me very often because I usually got it done because it was fun. Um, so that was really kind of my total experience of writing poetry because I've written all my life and I've attempted almost every form that there is, you know, novels, short stories, plays, and so far I haven't had a great deal of success with any of that. but. After uh, after she passed, I know one thing that uh, people like to ask writers is, what do you think maybe the most important thing in terms of being a writer is? And I kind of got this uh, from Bernice. The answer, my answer to that question would be uh, voice. You have to find your own voice. And yeah. that took me... That took me a long time. It took yeah, me a long one of time. The things, one of the things that I noticed in your bio that I, I mentioned is how you found your voice. How important do you uh, find that to be? What do you mean by finding your voice? And how has that improved or changed your writing since you found your voice? Well, the voice 
Let, let, let me start with voice. It's a very good question, uh, and I could come at it from a couple of different angles, but by by my own definition, voice is that uh, unique product that your your work is. I mean, it sounds like you. It doesn't sound like anybody else. Um, it's your style. It's your uh, level of intensity, your interest. It's just, if somebody was reading anything that I wrote and they know me, they would know well, that's got to be Gary. You know, nobody else uh, uh, has that particular approach to things. And I think it takes a while to develop it. I'm, I don't think it necessarily takes as long as it did me. But uh, for any writer, it's going to take uh, a minute. I want to, maybe it'd be better if I tried to answer, I tried to answer that question by telling you how I found or identified my voice. When Bernice passed, I was in mourning, of course. And I just, I came up with the idea of writing because I had uh, recently got into uh, uh, blogging. And so I decided to, to write an ongoing blog of our life together. And really, it was just kind of starting with when we met and uh, the high points of our, of our life together and um, carried through really almost to the end when, when she passed. And I just immediately, since it was so personal, it resonated in me, and of course, that's the the resonation is important. But also, I was aware of the fact that I was not writing this just for myself. For some strange reason, I was writing it for other people to read. And by doing that, I started throwing in, you know, little flares like uh, clever little titles and. Uh, and just you know, just being as entertaining as uh, as I could, as though I were still talking to my wife. And in that process, I, I don't know when it hit me. I don't know whether it was the the third entry or the uh, the twentieth entry. It just hit me one day. You know, you sound just like yourself. You have a unique style. So, so voice is your style also. And with all the writing that I had done, I was never, I was never satisfied with any of it, but I was, I was really satisfied with the writing that I was doing to depict, uh, you know, Bernice and, and myself and our life together. And I thought, well, okay, you think you found it, but does it travel? You know, can you use it to do other things, write other stuff? And as it turns out, it makes everything easier. All of a sudden, after all these years, all those years, I actually felt like a writer. You know, I said no one could actually do the things that I do, and um, that was well, that was inspirational to me. Um, and, and it kind of changed my whole attitude about writing. And it was shortly after that, after uh, after several blog entries, that um, 
I don't know. I just thought, well, you know, Bernice liked those poems you wrote so much that you didn't really think too too much about one way or the other. You know, what the heck? Try writing some poetry. And once I started, I couldn't stop. And then the next thing you know, I've got my first book out, uh, The Waters of Appanoose County was the name of my first book. And I followed that up with uh, Beyond the Waters. And then my last book uh, that just came out, Coffee with the Bard, 2020 Blues. And, you know, I just, um, all of a sudden, I look at myself as a poet, and I look at poetry different than I used to look at it. I really had a pretty, I was always an avid reader, and I also grew up in a culture where we had to, not only did we have to be able to write cognizant uh, sentences, that we, we actually had to take four years of English. So I pretty much had general writing, good general writing skills, but I didn't have a voice. And so that was kind of it. I, I don't have to look for that anymore. I don't have to think about, you know, is this good or is this not good? Um, I just um, I just keep on trucking. I do some, some alterations and changes, but uh, I really love writing poetry. And, and the main thing I love about it is that it is not a novel, you know. I can write not just one poem in a day. I might write two or three poems in a day. But they are short enough that they have a beginning, a middle, and an end, just like any story would. But it doesn't take you, you know, two weeks to get there, you know. And so um, the other thing, too, is that I'm a bit of a hand actor. And um, I love to read my own poetry. I, I, I actually, I would love to read anybody's poetry. If, if somebody was going to listen and ask me, hey, you want to read this, I would do it. But, of course, I'm partial to my own. So that's kind of, uh, that's kind of it. It, uh, it stuck because of my relationship with Bernice. It stuck because I've always had an affinity towards theater. And um, so I think that my style kind of includes uh, theatrical values. Wow. I'm, I'm, wearing myself, I'm wearing myself out here. I've given you my whole life story almost. You know? <laughs> like, <laughs> well, I appreciate your sharing. Um, one of the things that it may do is inspire other writers to to find their voice and allow that to inspire them and to generate more passion for their writing so that it fuels the persistence that they need in order to get their writing done. So that's, that's an important element to being able to get your words out and share them with the world. Now, one of the things that I do in my company at Halogen Inc. is I help people to share their messages with the world. I help them to improve their, their delivery, if you will, through editing and to help them to get the words out in the first sure. place through the oh, yeah. coaching and the writing. So the fact that you are sharing a way for people to get that out into the world, that's important for me. And, and I appreciate your being able to share that with our listeners. 
I heard that you were such a prolific writer that you might have some advice for other writers, um, either in, you know, being consistent, being choosing to be the writer and actually get it done. What kind of advice do you have for other writers and other poets? Well, I like your word, uh, uh, prolification. What did you say? Uh, um, uh, prolific, yes. Prolific, right. Be prolific. <laughs> that's, uh, that's the first thing. Um, and um, I noticed one thing, the comparison of all the other stuff I've tried to write uh, or have written, it just didn't go anywhere, is, is that uh, it just takes a long time and it takes a lot of revision. Uh, most writers that I've talked to spend more time in revision than they do in, in writing. Um, but I just think that, that no matter what kind of writer you are, you have to write every day. And it has to be your main squeeze, as it were. You have to put more life, more energy, more soul into your writing. And uh, it's, you know, there's, a, there's an old, uh, um, I, I remember reading this once, and, and uh, uh, a very successful business person was talking about what kind of person he liked to hire. And he said, well, here's the thing. I don't want you, I don't want anybody that I'm considering to have a job. I want the job to have you. So as a writer, you have to let the job have you. You have to give yourself over to the writing. It really has to be the most important thing in your life. And I think that if it is, that you will you will find success. And that's my stump speech <laughs> for writing in general. But um, you also have to do things like find people like yourself. In the, the world has changed. Uh, I know older writers, and they all say the same thing. I don't know if I could even make it in today's market. Used to be, you know, you had your big publishing houses and... Uh, uh, if you were lucky enough to get on with one of them, they did all the work and uh, um, sent you a check, you know. Mm -hmm. And it's not it's not like that for anybody these days. And so, um, you know, a person needs to be aware of that. And I think a person needs to, and this has been one of my challenges, I, I think you have to learn to use social media and probably a lot of other uh, venues that I don't know about um, in order to uh, to uh, even get your feet wet. You know, somehow you you got to be published, whether you have to pay for it or whether uh, you get somebody else to pay for it. But um, that's the um, that's the, the goal. Words are going to get out there, right? <laughs> Absolutely. It, Absolutely. It, it does require a lot more these days to get your words out into the world. Whether you are going traditional through the big houses or whether you're self-publishing, either way, it takes a lot more work than it seems that it did in, in, in the old days, if you will. Now, with your most recent book, 
uh, Coffee with the Bard. Did you self-publish that book? Yes. I, I like to say that the, the rest is history. <laughs> like, right. Uh, but um, yeah, it's it's been a it's, and it's been a real joy and a, and just one one hell of a learning experience, you know, because I knew nothing about publishing. I I knew less than my good friends who were published uh, back in the day. But um, yeah, well, a lot of authors are in your shoes. A lot of first time authors have no idea what to expect, what to look for. It's a big open blind spot, you know. It's like I have something I want to get out there. But now what? Now tell me, though, about your launch experience. From a marketing perspective, what have you learned that you could share with an upcoming author, you know, that they could benefit from, or maybe they could shorten their learning curve, or maybe they could avoid <laughs> something altogether? Yeah. What did yeah, you learn? Yeah. Well, I learned that you, you've got to know somebody that knows more than you do, and uh, that somebody has to have some kind of vested interest in, you know, you're, you're testing the waters. You know, so in, in a way, it's kind of you've got to find somebody that will help you, seriously help you with your first book, because we're assuming we're talking about younger. Well, they don't have to be younger. I mean, people start things at all at different ages. Some people don't write yeah. anything until, you know, until they're in their fifties or something. I have one author, my oldest author, uh, his first book came out when he was 90. Oh my God. That's, years that's, old. That is inspirational. Yeah. That is inspirational. That's awesome. Yeah. And he then went on to write another one. <laughs> so yeah, you just, yeah. he, he, he was showing off with that. The second one. Right? <laughs> I, uh, with poetry, I kind of feel like you kind of got to sell it. I found, though, that what limited, and I say limited because I just don't learn things as fast as the young people do, but my limited relationship with social media uh, has been really kind of cool. You know, I may be talking to the same 50 or 60 people that I've been talking to all these years, but they like my poetry, you know. So it's nice to get feedback. And, of course, I you, you asked me what a young uh, author should do. One thing they can do is um, uh, use social media because, in a way, you're, you're published, you know. Anytime you see your, your, your name in print and people get a chance to react to it, you are involved in the writing process. So one of my suggestions is just find you a young person who's really good at social media. That would, That's one of my big pieces of advice. The beauty of it is, though, it's a, it's a real thing. Real things are happening, um, and it's enough to keep you in it. To me, it's enough to keep you in the game. I got a lot of flack from some of my some of my published friends about uh, well you know I like you, I really like your stuff but uh, you know nobody's ever going to buy your poetry uh, you'll be lucky if anybody reads it and these are my friends these are not people that don't like me you know wow. and um, I would like to say that I'm in the process of totally proving them wrong. And I think, but I wonder, I wonder where this attitude comes from, you know, and they say, well, yeah, they can't make any money. 
okay, um, that would be a drawback. And back in the day, if you, you I don't care what you wrote, if you didn't have a publisher, you weren't going to make any money. So I think it's kind of like, uh, in a sense, it's publishers that uh, will tell you that, um, hey, there's just not much, uh, there's just not much poetry, there's money, there's not much success involved with writing poetry, but publishers have. Well, yes, yes, <laughs> yes, yes, they have. Yes, they have. And there are all kinds of side things that, uh, that you can get into, like, like my audio book. Um, I love to read my own poetry. I've had, when I, f- I wrote my first book, I went around to all the libraries and uh, bookstores in town and the bookstores now they're not they're like everybody else they're they're hurting and they're, they're kind of going under but the bookstores usually have some kind of uh, setup whereby you can come in and read your stuff and so i took advantage anything a little thing like that that i could i could do to get myself in front of an audience and, and read my poetry and I feel like uh, uh, it was very well received. And, and, and that's a good tip for you to share with our listeners, that going to your local bookstores and doing a reading of your book. I mean, it doesn't mean you're reading the entire thing, but you're doing a reading no, no, of no, certain no. segments yeah, yeah, yeah. and excerpts, right? I got 10 minutes. Now, if you only had one thing and you wanted to spend 10 minutes on it, you can do that. But one way or another, you were getting the hook at 10 minutes. But with poetry, shoot, I could get three poems in there, you know. I, I was a That's quick right. hitter, you know. And I really, I, I honestly think that, uh, well, for one thing, you're getting, you're getting live feedback, you know. Right. Uh, and there were, there were people who wrote novels. There were people that, that were writing short stories. There were people who weren't even doing fiction, but were just doing a lot of writing. And they loved writing. And so they would come in and they would listen. Sometimes the, the audience, uh, everybody in the audience would be a reader. And sometimes we'd have an audience and then we'd have the readers. So I know that some people who never heard of me and maybe never bothered to listen to a person read poetry, now have had that experience. And the feedback I got was that they loved it. So You know, Gary, is there one poem that you could read for us now so that all of our listeners can get the experience of that poetry read? You're you're pretty good. You're pretty good. You may have asked me the one question that would cause me to kind of like... uh, uh, get up and look around, but all I got to do is grab a copy of my book, which I just did, and this poem is one of my most popular poems, and I it's a lead-off. Imagine a picture, a much younger picture of myself and my wife uh, on the left, uh, the left uh, column, the left-hand side of the uh, book, and my most popular poem on the right side. 
And that's what I'm going to read. Now, I have to give you a bit of a warning. It is not a short poem. I, I could have picked a shorter poem, but I couldn't have picked a better poem, I don't think. So if you'll bear with me, I'd be happy to read it. I, I would welcome that. Please do. Gary Cox, everyone. I had a life. I had a life. I had a wife. We had each other almost to forever. I think she left me, but I'm not sure now. I might have left her. I'm not sure how. But in my mind, I cannot find a single saying of goodbye. I do know this much. There was always such love that even though I live alone now, I can't forget how close we came to the happy ever after. But after came and after went, and she was sent to where she meant to be without me, leaving me, bereaving me, hanging on her last breath till her eyes grew wise to the surprise of the bright light that did not cause fright, did not burn her, but it did turn her away from those who loved her. Rejoice, rejoice, it was in her voice, and all the while that crooked smile, and every day she said to me, just bring you home, G. That's all you have to do, G. That's all you have to do, see? It's just you and me, see? That's all we have to be, G. G is for Gary. I'll throw that um, in there. She was so smart, she broke my heart. She promised me there would never be a time that did not belong to the we of us. I remember now the very how and the very we of us. She was my forever, never meant for, never planned for, never dreamed of a day without love, a night with no caresses, no tingling of the intermingling of our souls and the restless rest of the peaceful quest to live without the clanging and the bang of the day and the shock of the living clock of our precious time together. Rejoice, rejoice, it was in her voice, and all the while that crooked smile, and every day she said to me, just bring you home, G. That's all you have to do, G. That's all I ever need. That's all I ever need from you, see? I had a life. I had a wife. We had each other almost to forever. And that's the end. Wow, Gary, that is powerful. That is very powerful. Touching. I love the we of us. That. Well, I am fairly sure that we have listeners out there that are grabbing a little tissue at the moment. And reveling (laughs) in that poem that was just lovely and delightful. I can just imagine uh, how joyful that must have been for her every morning to find a little poem written for her. I can't even imagine. uh, It was it was that kind of a gift. Can can I tell you a really quick story about that? Her daughter came to visit us quite often. And 
when I after I started writing, uh, putting the poems on the whiteboard, she would read the poems. And she said to her mother, she said, you know, these poems that Gary leaves you, they're pretty good. You should think about publishing them. Wow. <laughs> this, was, this was Bernice's answer to that. But they're my poems. I don't need to share them with anybody. And that was the end of it. And in a sense, it was the end of, well, I didn't stop writing poems until she passed, for her. But it took me actually a few more years before I realized that that, that really was my best, my best uh, format. Um, and then I got to where I encouraged people to be. I got to be a person who got up every day to write something, you know might be a poem, it might be two or three bits of poems. You know, the format kind of changed. But once you start writing poetry, and, and I think this is probably true for anything, sometimes you can't even trust yourself to get up and go to the bathroom because you'll have a, you'll, you're likely to have a thought that you know would go into a poem, but if you go back to sleep, you know you're going to forget it. So then I've got to run out the file that I have on computer, on my computer, and and make sure I put that down, you know. So once you get started, it's kind of you kind of can't stop. Wonderful. But again, it goes back to what I said earlier, and that is, I I don't write poetry. Poetry writes me, you know. I don't want you to have a job. I want the job to have you. And I think your writing has to have you. If you're willing to let it have you, I believe that you'll. Um, I believe you'll get what you want out of it. And it may not be the same for everybody, but um, well, I do kind of live by it. I do kind of live by it, and I, I don't think it's just true for creative stuff. But um, it certainly seems maybe a little more true for for creative endeavors than, um, I don't know, being in business or something. But um, actually, you know, I heard about, it was a friend of mine who was in business who told me that, who gave me that line. You know, mm -hmm. I just stole it and applied it to what I was doing, you know. Very applicable. Now, I have one other thing I want to talk to you about before I have you share with our listeners can get your book. You said that there's some connection between poems and lyrics for songs. What is that connection? Oh, thank you so much, because that was one of my biggest notes. You realize I have not, uh, I have not used a note yet. <laughs> that I've, got this, I've got this whole page of notes that I could, I guess, okay, I, I'm ready, you know. Um, but you're you're so good at what you do, so it, it, I don't really have to. But I do want to tell you the the story about lyrics because I've always been interested in, in music, and I've always been an avid dancer. I still am. I still take uh, voice lessons, and I I still take um, ballroom dancing, and um, I'm 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 pretty good. 
pretty, you know, but I've been at it my whole life. So I would assume that, that one would be pretty good if you stayed at something that long. I had never considered writing, writing a song. I said, well, you can't write a song because you don't, you don't read music. And so I didn't. But I had a voice, my, my very first voice teacher. Joe was older than I was. Joe was a guy who had spent 20 years on Broadway and had made a success. He and his daughter um, um, were like performers and musicians. And, and you know, they, did, they were able to make a living in New York, which is pretty admirable in, in and of itself. But anyway, Joe lives uh, in the area now, and he was my first voice teacher. And this is only about five or six years ago. Because, you know, with older people, sometimes five or six years is more like uh, 15 or 20. But I'm pretty sure that this was in the in the neighborhood. And so Joe is giving me pointers on voice. And uh, I'm finding out that he's a philosopher and uh, he knows more about theater than almost anybody I ever met in my life. And when I wrote my first book, I gave him, actually, I didn't give him a copy. I charged him $5. I figured he had more money than God, you know. He didn't need it. I was like, uh, I'm not giving you a man. I was like, I'm not letting you get scot free. Give, give me five books. I'll give you a book, you know. And he read, you know, and he read it. And the, the next time we got together, he said, You know, Gary, um, some of your poems are very lyrical. And I was like, yeah, I'm not even really listening, you know, at that point. Oh, yeah? Oh, that's nice. I mean, I wanted to hear him say they were great poems, you know, but he wasn't talking about that. He said some of them are lyrical. And then came the kicker. He said, would you mind if I put a couple of your poems to music? And I was shocked because I knew, I knew who he was in terms of theater. And uh, I said, you know, I, uh, I'm speechless. Why would I mind? You know, knock yourself out. You got a whole book there. Uh, fine, you know, you seem to know what, what you're talking about. And the first time that I heard a song that he put, uh, took one of my poems and uh, put it to music and played it and sang it, I cried like a baby. It was just I did I I even get shook up <laughs> telling that story even now. Um, I just it's just a gift that came to me uh, out of uh, nothing but my poetry, and so I went from that to man. I have got to branch out here. I've got to start thinking about this. I could write lyrics if somebody you know. If I if I had a partner or something who who, who could write music, we would be a, we we'd be a hit, you know. Uh, it didn't quite go that smoothly, but Joe put about eight of my songs into into poems. But he challenged me beyond that. He said, "You know, I've got this song. All I've got is the music." He said, this has been bothering me for years. I, I love the song. I love the music. He said, but I could never, and Joe was a bit of a writer himself, but he said, I could never come up with the lyrics for it. 
tell you what, why don't you take it and see if you can come up with the lyrics? And I'm like, you do understand that I'm, I'm a non-musician, don't you? And I've never tried anything uh, remotely like this. And he said, yeah, well, you know, give it a shot. And it was, it was weird. It was hard because I was trying all kinds of ways to sync my, my words with his music. And I wasn't, it took me, I did it for a month. Nothing good was happening. And I was on an airplane. And I was thinking about the song, and all of a sudden, this came out of my just came out of my 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 head and my voice. My children, oh my children, la da dee da da dee da dee. I couldn't remember the la da dee da da dee. But anyway, um, I said that's it. All I needed was for me to sync up with the music with my words and i uh before i got home i had finished the whole song and he loved it and so now i spend a lot of my time looking for musicians who are looking for a lyricist because i think i'll be really good at it but uh anyway thanks for asking wow so if our, any of our listeners are musicians maybe uh you all can get in touch so Speaking of which, how can our listeners connect with you? How can they find you? GaryCox.com. All you got to do is just type in GaryCox.com. Two R's in Gary. That's the only hard part. And you'll see. That's what I wanted to make sure you clarified. Yes. Two R's in Gary. Yes. Yeah, it won't work other one. Apparently, there's a lot of Gary Coxes. I I thought I was the only one, you know. (laughs) Who knew? (laughs) <laughs> yeah. but not now that you can Google them. yourself, you'll find all kinds of other people that have your name. Yeah, oh gosh, I know, sure. I know, I know. It's, Google, isn't Google something? I mean, gosh, I wrote a poem, a poem called Google is my brain. Um, <laughs> but I can't I can't recite it by memory, so I, I can't <laughs> share it with you. Right. So Gary, G-A-R-R-Y-C-O-X dot com. Right, right, right. Right. All right. And uh, also, um, well, I guess you'd have to be a friend of mine on social media because I do publish on social media as well. Well, they'll be able to find you from your website to go to. Are you on what social media are you on? Facebook or Instagram? What kind of thing? Instagram. Twitter. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Thank you, Twitter. I was going with Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, you can. You there can, might have been a flitter at some point. Yeah, I can. I can be found there. Let me tell you a quick story about one of the things on my website. I, I've got a new blog series called New Poets Wednesday. New Poets Wednesday, and I started out because a friend of mine who teaches creative writing had invited me a couple times to come over and talk to his students, and then we got the idea. Well, I got the idea. You know, I have a bit of a platform. Uh, if you've got any students that would like to see their word and work in print, send it to me. Now, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna evaluate it. I'm not gonna critique it. I'm just gonna be true to my word. If they send it to me, I'll put it on my website. If you had a poem and you wanted to to feature it on my website, all you gotta do is just uh, uh, email me. 
and then I'll have it. And I ask for a, a little short bio. I will I will be very diligent to publish your poem correctly, you know. And that's been a, a I think it's it's something that will grow. So yeah, can so can I give you my uh, email address? Certainly. You can share that. Okay. It it's all lowercase. Um and it's G A R R Y L C O X at yahoo.com. That first part's all one word, all lowercase. So Gary L. Cox at yahoo.com. And if you have a poem, just, um, you know, you're going to have to trust me not to put it in a book and try to make money off of it. But, you know, I'm just, all I'm going to do is, is put it on my website. But they you'll give be you the byline. You'll just print it with the byline. Right. We have show notes for each of our podcasts that we have, and we will put the mentions, uh, a link to your website. We'll put a link to your email. We'll make a note of that in our show notes. So anybody who's listening, if they don't have the opportunity to write it down right now, because if they're driving or something like that, then they can just go to our show notes later and then click the link or copy That's the wonderful. link. And That's wonderful. I would you. love that. Gary, I just want to thank you so much for enlightening us today about poetry and the power of it and and for sharing your words with us that are oh so worthy to be heard. And I am so grateful that you were here with us today. Thank it was you. a wonderful opportunity for me, too. I, I love to talk about uh, poetry. I really do want to encourage people to write poetry if you haven't figured that out yet. Yeah. Well, it'd be hard for them not to consider it now after listening to you today. So thank you so very much. I really appreciate you being here at Write Something Worthy podcast. been listening to the Worthy Writer edition of the Write Something Worthy podcast. If you'd like to know more about today's guest or even to reach out to them, you can find all of their information in our show notes at writesomethingworthy.com. Have a wonderful week and we hope you join us next Wednesday for another fabulous episode.